Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello! Welcome hello. to part three of Horror Fest. Hello, hello. Jumping straight into Part three it. is part four. Part four, isn't it? Oh, no. It is part four. Don't you <laughs> be dragging this oh, out. No. <laughs> no, this is part three. We're doing six now. No. Um, no. Welcome to part four, <laughs> part four. of Horror Fest. Horror Fest? We also missed out on a Lund's thing of last year of going <laughs> part four with the Freddy Fingers. It's oh, there. Yeah. It's, oh, it's there. it is. It's there. Retired, wait, retired. Wait until Horror Fest 4 where he's got to wear it every year. Yeah. Welcome uh, to Horror Fest 4. And then <laughs> at part 4, we've all got one to go puff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's start again. Right. Hello and welcome to part 4 of Horror Fest. This is where we watch 31 horror films for 31 days of Halloween or October, should I say. And... On this one, we are reviewing six horror films, not seven, uh, <gasps> out on episode five. So I'll quickly blitz through what films they are, and then we're just going to deep dive into it. And if you want to watch part one, two, and three, apparently, uh, which I must have blanked out. Of Horror Fist. It's been a lot busy month. Busy horror month. Fist. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. The films are Creepshow, Candyman. Freddy versus Jason, Dead Silence, Cujo, and ending with the children. Hello, gentlemen. How are we all? Jesus. <laughs> I'm not bad, mate. How are you, Pearson? Yeah. Are you okay? <laughs> I'm trying to remember a, a recording we've apparently done. We did one. So I think it's because we've done <laughs> these two quite close together. Yeah, it's all ago. a blur. Yeah, it is. We're getting for it right. Part four, though. Fucking hell, we are smashing it this year. Yeah, one more and then... You guys don't even look like you're sick of it yet. So no, I'm not. No, I'm it's not as it. much as a, a, as a grind as it was last time, because I think we like did so many in a week. Like We just yeah. fucked ourselves did over. And... I'm pretty sure last year was three in a week. And they were all over yeah. three hours each. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the nice thing is we've been a bit more organised, and now next year we're going to be well in advance. So... Yeah, we're doing this shit in March next year. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I already have 21 films for next year, so... Uh, you better put some picks in. Mm. Um, shall we jump straight into it? Yes. Was it yeah. first one Creepshow? No, yes. yes. I had Candyman page up. I am losing it, apparently. <laughs> you said, like, oh, not looking as burnt out by the end of this. I'm just going to be a mess. I know, I've, I've jinxed it now. <laughs> yeah, I've... Okay. Kicking it off with Creepshow, released in 1982, an anthology which tells five terrifying tales inspired by the EC horror comics of the 1950s. What do we all think of Creepshow? I've got to confess to this one. Go on. 
Oh. I've not seen it. <laughs> I've not seen this one. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No. Creep no. show of all of them, wait, Matt. Wait, Come wait. on. It's, it's I, I, Hang on. Uh, Have you read about it? I've read bits, yeah. I can, oh. <laughs> it's, no, aim me out on this one. So the other ones, I was like, right, I'm just going to blitz through these. I actually want to enjoy Creep show because it's one of them I've put off for so long. I'm like, I might as well like properly enjoy it and take the time to actually like understand it rather than being like, well, we got to understand all these films. So I am going to listen to all your opinions. I'm still going to watch it anyway. So okay, that's, good, that's my, my review of this film. <laughs> but fire away, fellas, and I'll catch you up on film two. Well, this is a star-studded film, isn't it? Oh, it is. I, it I had is. no idea who was going to be in it. Like, I didn't look. I literally downloaded it because it was on our list. Yeah. Didn't know what it was going to look like. Didn't know who was going to be in it. And like some of the people that popped up, I was like, can't you fuck, fucking Leslie Nielsen's in Leslie it. Leslie Nielsen, yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is the best thing about Creepshow. Like, even the TV series now, you, you just see random actors pop up in each one of these little short yeah. stories. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like... I do love the, sh- like, so obviously the, the the structure of it is, is five short stories, isn't it? Or like, I say short, they're like 20, 25 minutes each. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that because I'm a big fan of like a short story, like what you can just kind of get into those like, you know, short stories. I don't know, yeah. what, where the fuck am I going with this? <laughs> yeah, it's cool. <laughs> Based off, um, so easy horror comics are most known for a comic called Tales of the Crypt. Um so yeah, you've got George A. Romero directing this. Stephen King wrote it. You've also got Stephen King in it. Leslie Nielsen, Ed Harris, Tom Atkins, Tom Savini. Ted fucking dancing. It goes on and <laughs> on, doesn't it? <laughs> so, um, uh, go on, Mai. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to start off with the beginning of it. So you you get the little kid um, who's, who's played by uh, Stephen King's son. Joe Hill. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he's reading the uh, the Creepshow comic, and then you get Tom Atkins who plays his father, and he comes upstairs and he's like, "Oh, stop reading all that horror shit and go to bed." Um, and this kid's pissed off. He gets his comic book took off him, and then uh, the creep turns up at the window and gives it a little tap. Such a cool window. mascot for this. Yeah, show. yeah. And then that kicks off. Uh, that kicks off like basically the uh, the anthology, doesn't it? Like kicks off yeah. the stories. Um, so one thing I will say though. Some of the stories are a hell of a lot better than the others because I don't remember what the first one was. Um, I remember the second one, which was really good. Third one, my favourite, and I, I can't remember the last two. So out of the five, I enough. really liked two. Yeah, which kind well, of would would kind it. of ruin my rating, but I'm not. I'm going to give it higher than two out of five. Spoilers <laughs> there, but um, yeah, I did only like two out of five of the stories, but the two I liked, I really fucking liked. But I think that's the nice thing about these being like short. Yeah. You know, some are tailored to some people, some are Yeah, 100%. Aren't. I wasn't um, pissed off that I didn't like the other ones. It's like, oh, those yeah. ones weren't for me, but I really liked yeah. these two, so. And this format is um, similar to like, I know some Stephen King books are just short stories in one, uh, yeah. like different seasons and stuff like that. Um, so yeah. that, that, that saying that, so The Cray and um, what was the other one now? Um, wrote it down. Um, there was another one uh, that is based on basically short stories that Stephen King wrote prior to Creepshow right, that came okay. out in the seventies. So I think it was the Cray, and I think it's the one where uh, the one with the meteorite, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because he's he actually the star of that, isn't it? The lonely death of his yeah. character's name. Yeah, pretty sure it is. It is that one. Oh, so yeah, it is. It's them. Yeah, yeah it's them too. So them two were written in the late seventies as short stories and put into magazines. 
And then obviously Stephen King brought them over. Took them back and yeah. The creep show, yeah. I should mention, like, to anyone listening or watching that hasn't seen Creep Show, you've got different actors in each of the stories and they sort of transition with this like amazing comic book style with our mascot throughout it, the creep guiding us through and it's like the one thing i love in the transitions is the page turns and you see like an advertisement for like a radioactive man and you know send off this yeah. coupon i just thought it was cool stuff like that yeah you i see. love that it kind of makes it yeah yeah don't but, don't go into this expecting like real life scenarios and stuff this is like what, fun what short it is on the stories team. It, isn't it fun short stories straight out of a comic book stuff that obviously would never happen in real life but they're just cool things to like sort of watch yeah. and that, do you know what I mean? Some of them are taken out of fucking proportion, but it's like, it's just cool to see it because it's just fun. Yeah. And like the practical effects are like so cool. Like yeah. all the sets were like, like kind of real, I suppose. Like, so I'm going to, like I said, I'm going to skip over this first story because I okay. don't remember it. But if you guys want to talk about it in a sec, but the first one I really liked was the one that stars Stephen King. So he's yeah. like a man, a meteor lands in his garden or something. Yeah. And he like touches it. And then, he notices his finger goes a bit funky. It starts looking a bit mossy. And then everything starts to turn all grassy. His house, like his whole house and area gets taken over and he's just this like fucking grassy swamp monster type thing. It's so simple, like such a simple story of just like one entity taking over your entire body and fucking area of being. And it just looked so cool. Like you could just sit, you could picture yourself being in the set and like just surrounded by fucking grass and moss <laughs> and just what the fuck is going on. Um, it's the simplicity of the story. Yeah. At the end so, so simple. Gradually on its way to the, you know, near town. Yeah. Yeah. I fucking <clears throat> love that one. Yeah. yeah. Let's not and, spoil the ending to the short stories. Oh yeah. Shit. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, yeah. My bad, my bad. And then okay, but then the Leslie oh, Nielsen <laughs> one I really liked because that—that's yeah, my favorite one. That my felt more—that yeah. felt more thriller than horror until the end. Like yeah. throughout, I was like, oh, cool. They are doing like a bit of a thriller type yeah. horror one where like yeah. the fear is of like because he's kind of like a bit of a serial killer type. He's, yeah, actor. basically a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, this is cool. And then it does take a, a creep show twist at the end, and I was like. I fucking loved it. Even though, like, you know, we've, we we know I'm not too much into the wacky kind of stuff. Yeah. But hang on, you I can Night of the Demons on last. I know, episode. but then I hated Evil Dead on the first. So I can't keep up whether I like wacky or not. <laughs> um, but that scene where the I, I won't spoil it, but the no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. cool. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? I fucking this is ridiculous, and I love it. So that plays but, on like claustrophobia, doesn't it? Like that's that's like yeah. a, you know what I mean. People with claustrophobia watching that will be like feel sick because it's basically people getting buried in sand up to the heads. Yeah, uh, by the yeah. sea. By the and sea. And it's basically like the, yeah. Leslie Nielsen's pretty much making snuff films for himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah. Oh, I've seen the board. screenshot of this bit. Is the one of the guys that's buried? I've not looked into this. Is it Chevy Chase? No, no. Ted Danson. Well, it probably looks like him a little Proper bit. Proper looks like yeah. Chevy Chase. Yeah. <laughs> it does a bit, but yeah, it's Ted Danson. Yeah, so that's that's my favourite one as well. On this. My favourite also, yeah. yeah that was the <laughs> And then, like I said, I didn't really remember the last two. I did watch it in my van, as I said on the last one. I was on tour, watched so many films in my van when I could. So I was watching them on like a laptop screen. But with that one, it was quite nice. It was like, um, as with Paul, who you've previously had on the show, Paul from Death Blooms, 
and we were both like, oh, should we just take a bit of a break from the, uh, take a little break from the show? Like, because I I think they went on for a few hours. We had done our sound check and all that. Like, let's just get a chill in the van. So we put the laptop in the middle, both put our feet up. It was all dark watching this. It felt, it was like a mini, very mini cinema type thing. But it was, (laughs) it was, it was a cool way to watch it. Like, watching an old thing on quite a small TV, but still being able to take it all in. Yeah. Yeah. So you start off with uh, Father's, Father's Day, Day on this one, yeah, which was a, a cool episode. I think it kind of throws you in the deep end, doesn't it, on Father's Day? Because you're trying to, I think it's a hard one to keep up with because you're like, wait, what's the, you're just getting used to the format. Yeah. You're like, what's going on here? And then you kind of piece it together. And the payoff is that ending that I'm not going to tell you. Mm. Uh, catering for Lun here, not you listeners. Mm. Um, but yeah, that, that ending to that one is kind of I see the gif being used everywhere. Yeah. Um, for like horror fans and stuff. That was a nice one. I, I enjoyed that. I didn't hate it. I think I enjoyed it more on my second watch. I think all of these stories have the shock endings, don't they? The like shock horror endings, you're like, oh shit, yeah. they all they all end on something like was well, like yeah, like the 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 buried up the neck ones. Yeah. Takes a fucking completely different turn. Yeah, yeah. And ah, uh, you just don't cool. even expect it. Yeah, yeah um, no, not at all. So one of the most famous episodes, uh, well, I'm just going to say episodes off of this uh, sort of anthology is the crate. So crate. this is the uh, the little monster in the crate. That it's a very iconic image. Uh, Savini is an absolute fucking genius. Um, made this creature from scratch. Uh, obviously, he did the rest of the makeup for the film as well. Um, and yeah, and actually, he's in the film as well. Yeah, he's in the film. He's the he's the, uh, the garbage man, guy at the end. Yeah, oh, garbage guy! That's it. Yeah, yeah. Pick it, and he picks up the comic, doesn't he? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the crate was a fun one. I thought. I think. Um, obviously, not my favorite. There's there's something to tide you over, which is the Leslie Nielsen snuff film we've just been talking about. <laughs> um, yeah, that's my favorite. But the crate was very close because. I don't know. It took twists and turns. I wasn't thinking about. It did because like the story wasn't as simple, but it no. you know kept me in it. It's basically to to sort of like say it simple. It's basically this this crate that they find in the school, which is underneath the stairs, and it's been brought over from somewhere abroad. I can't remember where it says on it, and um, some some like like tropical country, somewhere like that. And they find this crate. They open it up, only to realize there's this monster in there. And they don't know what the fuck we're sort of like what it is. It's just it's basically like a fucking ape on like steroids. It, it kind of reminds me of a werewolf kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And but uh yeah, it's a great little monster. rampage. Yeah, goes on a rampage. Anyone who goes near his crate, he fucks him, basically. <laughs> Whoa. Um, you wanna you wanna check your phrasing there? He doesn't <laughs> literally fuck them, listeners and watchers. Uh, he, he kills them, them up. you know. Yeah, fucks them, fucks up, them up. I think is what Mike was trying to say. Fucks them. <laughs> Can you imagine he grabs, grabs them, fucks them, pushes them away afterwards. I'm gonna fuck you. <laughs> I'm gonna fuck you. That's how the horror fest changes. We don't look for, uh, like absolutely tired from it. We're just phrasing things in the worst possible way. Yeah, okay. it did come out wrong. That yeah. fucks them, fucks them. Basically, you know, what? I've actually found a good explanation for this uh, creature. It's basically like the Tasmanian devil, but horror. That, that yeah, is it good... kind of is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I and did then... just click said as much as I didn't quite remember the other stories. I got a little Google of the picture, and I was like, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I was just tired when I got like, near the like end, you but... unlocked a memory there. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that yeah, one. yeah, I remember that one. <laughs> um, but I just yeah, I p- preferred the other two. 
I, I completely get why, because the last one is they are creeping up on you, which is kind of, you know, a head of a company, rich guy in a penthouse who has a bug infestation and he's a bit of a clean freak and doesn't like it. This was probably my least favorite one. Yeah. Unless I've done a terrible job of explaining that um, and missed something obvious. It just, nothing was scaring me. I think if bugs scare you, then, and you don't watch I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here, this might be the, the short story for you. Um, yeah. So, anything else we want to add before I give you a fun fact? Oh, let's go ahead with the fun facts. Cool. So, as we know, we've just said uh, Stephen King, King's son, Joe Hill, is in this. Um, f- uh, so, when they were filming, Stephen King asked Tom Atkinson, please don't slap my son too hard and hurt him. And he's like, of course, I'm not going to hurt him. I'm so happy to meet you and stuff like that. I just thought that was a funny moment. Mm. <laughs> like, he's a professional actor, Tom Atkins, America's dad. And Stephen King, an amazing yeah. author, is like, please don't hit my son too hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> we should mention as well. So after those short stories, we come back to Tom Atkins and uh, Joe Hill, don't we, in the, gar- uh, the comic in the garbage can. And we see Tom Savini pick it up and yeah, it yeah. goes from the um, creep show has had sequels as well. Have you watched any of them, anyone? Yeah, so no. creep show creep show two is really good. There's a uh, there's some very good shots on that one, maybe one that's, in particular uh, is, is it is the Indian one, but like we yeah, will go into that on a different maybe thing. that's but next year, you know. Pretty, pretty good. Um I've re- recently deep dove into Shudders, uh you know, picked it up as a series and I sort of got into season one, didn't like it that much, but season two onwards, I've... Yeah, I think I'm going to try season two because I wasn't into season one. Yeah, if you, you if did say fan, season two was good. Yeah, if you're a horror fan, you'll fucking love the Creepshow TV series. Like, yeah, some fantastic. episodes are hit and miss and some of the shots, because you basically got two short stories in each episode. Yeah. So sometimes you get one good one and sometimes the other one's not as good in it, but they, they hit or miss, but you'll definitely find some that you'll fucking love in there. Like there was one on season two that did references to the Evil Dead, which I remember telling you guys about. Yeah. And it has Ted, Ted Raimi in there and they do the whole Necrocomic on thing. And yeah, it's just oh, fucking cool. I, I watched that one recently. That's yeah. just brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Same, um, so. Yeah. So if, if you can't check it out, check out Creepshow. I think it's on Prime actually. Is it Shudder? So like it might be, Shudder yeah, sometimes Shudder. links through Prime. Yeah. On Prime, uh, yeah. But so what's the uh, ratings for the film then? So it's still, it's, even though it's episodes, it's still officially yeah, it a film, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I gave this a three out of five because there's some I really like, um, but I'm not putting it to the high fours and yeah. fives because I'm not like, oh, it's creeping up to be a favourite. You know? What about yourself? Yeah. I'm exactly the same. Three out of five, because like I said earlier, I only liked two out of the five stories. But because I did really like them, obviously give them a bit of extra credit. Yeah. You know, it's almost like the style bumps it up. The fact that I liked those two enough that I'd still watch the whole thing again. um, Yeah. Just to kind of take it all in properly, but to enjoy those two sections. And then hopefully maybe appreciate the others a bit more, like watching again. But um, yeah, solid three out of five. It It was cool. My. Mine's going to be a, a four out of five. Nice. Um, just because I, I love it as an idea of the anthology series, uh, you've got the fucking workforce of a team, which which is like George Romero. You know, what I mean? nice. you've got Stephen King. Isn't it? 
you got Tom Savini, and then you've also, like you said, got the nation's favourite fucking Tom Atkins in there. Oh. Like, who, who doesn't love seeing Tom Atkins in a film? He um, makes films. He makes He's films, amazing. literally. Yeah. So Halloween three it, best film ever released. Go watch it. Hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, what other excuse do you have to watch it? It's just fucking sick. If you love horror films, it's got bits and even if you don't like all of them like like obviously Ryan doesn't and Matt doesn't and I didn't like the last one in particular it's got ones in there that you'll fucking love enough to make you want to come back to it and the sequels are brilliant and the series is fucking brilliant so go watch definitely going to watch the sequels it's perfect yeah, for Halloween too. so it's a perfect Halloween film yeah it, it tailors to a horror fan there's something yeah. in it for everyone yeah and if you've not got time to watch it all pause it on that's the what I did yeah you know what I mean? So, I watched three and then the last two together. So, yeah. so before we move on to film two, Lun, what do you think of what we've said? You gonna watch it even more, or? Yeah, I'll watch it even more. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm I don't know how you can watch something loose. even more. I don't know. What I'll, I'll watch even more. Watch it twice. <laughs> um, I already had information about it from like the In Search of Darkness documentary, so yeah. I did have like a loose grasp on what the film entailed so i've always been intrigued by it i just wanted to give it a bit more attention rushing through it um so yeah definitely gonna be checking it out as soon as possible nice okay should we jump to film two yes but two Candyman, the original released in 1992 the Candyman, a murderous soul with a hook for a hand accidentally summoned to reality by skeptic grad student researching the monster's myth Obviously, famously, Tony Todd playing Candyman in this. Candyman. Be my victim. Candyman. <laughs> don't say Candyman. it. Don't fuck with that, Matty. <laughs> just appears as another Zoom-like <laughs> box on it. You open it at oh, all. You've got to do it's that just now. Tony don't Todd. Do it. Don't do it. Why are you calling me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah, what do we all think of this one? Um, considering it's like a bit of a classic, I, I wasn't overly impressed with it. Um, I just found the plot wasn't well, the first. I've only seen it once, like a year ago. Didn't have time to do a rewatch. Yeah, but I remember just like not fully kind of getting it at first. Like it didn't seem quite as straightforward as like your Halloweens and your Elm Streets and things like that. And I thought it would be like on the same level of those kind of slashes, which kind of is a good thing in a way. I feel like there's probably a lot more to it, and maybe I just wasn't quite as zoned in as I should have been. Um, there were some cool moments in it. But I remember, I just remember coming out thinking, I've always had such good things about that, but I wasn't mega impressed. Saying that, I really do want to rewatch it again because I know we're not talking about the new one, but I did really enjoy the new one. And yeah, it's, it's made me want to go back and kind of watch understand the, the first one. Um, and just see kind of, yeah, see how they compare really. Although not really a spoiler, the new one's not really a remake either. It's, it's, oh, not, really? a, it's not really a remake, it's not really a sequel. I'd literally call it a reboot where... It's still canon to the yeah, original. Yeah, okay. Some people, yeah, it's sort of like a sequel that people got yeah. on it, but but then it's not really a reboot at the same. Yeah, time. Like, like you don't need Evil Dead remake essentially. No, because I mean the Evil Dead was a remake, but with this one, like I noticed in the first sort of twenty minutes, you see like a newspaper article with a photo of the girl from the past, and they're like, "This happened thirty years ago or something." But it's still not a sequel. Like you don't need to have known that because it right. all works as its own thing. It all starts yeah. up as its own thing. Uh, it's yeah, it's hard to say without spoiling it. But it's, it's, it was weird. It's kind of a reboot. It works on its own, but it still yeah. makes a nod to the old one. So it's not 
I, I would not call it a remake. Um, but yeah, I did. I enjoyed that. It just made me want to go back on the other one and just see maybe what I was missing the first time around. I do completely get what you're saying, where you feel kind of like, because I watched it very late and I'm, uh, I think the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, not what I was expecting from, I don't know, there's, there's nothing against the story or anything. I think, like you say, you see Candyman up, up with it, the slasher icons. We see like Ghostface, mm. uh, Leatherface, name others, Matthew, um, Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger and all them. Jason yep. exists. Hellraiser. Um, oh, Pinhead, yeah. I suppose, not Hellraiser. Well, speaking of Hellraiser, this is written by the same writer, Clive oh, Barker, um, which I didn't know until you know doing a bit of research. But It's also the same composer for the film for his, what was on Elm Street, Charles Bernstein. It is, yeah. I'm going to say the soundtrack to this film is fucking great. That's a highlight awesome. for, for this film as well. Um. I know, you, like you guys said, it's not what I expected, but I enjoyed that aspect of it. I was expecting all the way through for me just to be Candyman pops up, another person dead, flash, voila, and this bash bosh, and that's it essentially. And I was so pleasantly surprised when you get about an hour in, hang on, and Candyman um, only officially pops up then. Yeah, yeah, they 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 let it play out, don't they? Um, when you said it's Charles Bernstein doing the music, that is for Cooge. Cujo, we're mixing up our notes here. It's Phil oh. Glass. Ah, do, yeah, Phil the Glass, soundtrack yeah. for this. Um, this soundtrack either way is fucking brilliant. Yeah, yeah so. I did. <laughs> this just shows Sorry, the boys. chaos of trying to watch it 31 is. films in a month and make notes <laughs> on them all. <laughs> I automatically said yes, because I was like, yeah, I've got Charles Bernstein in my notes. And then I was like, wait, wait it's minute. Candyman. And that's why I I've basically got your capsules on my phone here, Charles Bernstein. <laughs> Sorry, Charles Easily Bernstein. Done. Easily done. Um, sorry, Philip Glass. But yeah, it is an amazing soundtrack. Uh, and I think this plays on, I don't know, kind of the thing you did as a kid where it's like, don't say this three times in the mirror. And, you know, it's such a simple uh, thing. And I will say the first time I watched this, it did actually scare me. I was like feeling scare, anticipation. Yeah. Scare. 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 scare me. Scam. Um, if that's not a future merch, I don't know what is. Oh, that's a great idea. Scurme. <laughs> Scurme. It did frighten me. Um, <laughs> I think when I was watching it, I kind of wanted like a new favorite film, you know, because I'm sick of saying yeah. like, oh, The Shining's my favorite film. Everyone says that. So I was like, oh, yes, The Candyman, an iconic look. It's amazing. Uh, and I think there's like a lot more in the story to unpack and, you know, look at what it's discussing, like the topics. Maybe this isn't the podcast to do that. Um, but it did frighten me. And just the bee scene alone and like the graffiti of like crawling out of the mouth with the hole yeah. in the wall. Yes. It's so cool. So that was the one of the standout scenes for me where um, that bit where you could literally just see her and it's like in what is meant to be Candyman's mouth. Yeah. That just looks so good. The look of the film is great as well. Yeah. Like... For something that was like pre... It's a 90s film, but pre-Scream. I think yeah. it really stands out on its own. I was just going to say, maybe that is why you don't hear Candyman spoken as much, you know, spoken about as much as these other films. is because it's in, in that in-between where horror and slasher films really took a dive and then Scream mm. was the revival for that. Maybe this slips under that radar. 
it's, it's just in the new one they go into a lot of like the police brutality on black people yeah and i, I can't remember if there was much of that in the first one because i just i don't remember a lot of it as well no uh, that's kind of what's made me want to go back but... to it yeah, you've got like when we talk about the origin of who is the Candyman, how did he become to be, uh, you know, it's talking about uh, a slave owner and the Candyman was a slave and fell in love with the daughter of this slave owner. Yeah. And so it, it's drawing on parallels there, isn't it? Of um, it basically so racial, takes, racial issues at the time. Yeah, like, what was yeah. it all longer? takes place in um, like this stack of apartments that you know are a bit run down and stuff and um like you've just said my there's not much policing in the area and this grad student because that's that's how it all starts off isn't it um isn't someone murdered in the apartments yeah in uh cabrini green estate is that what it's called yeah yeah there you go and then it's like a crime-ridden place and the police just like deal with it and leave immediately and then that's why this grad student investigates it more yeah so there's loads of parallels, and I'm clearly not smart enough to like go in in depth on these. Uh, I actually thinking about it, it'd be such a cool silver screen unseen episode. It would. We could look into um, that. So he's got an underlying love story to it as well, if you think about it. So he obviously he takes on so he sort of like focuses more on the uh, is it Helen? Yeah. Name's Helen. Yeah. And he yeah, sort of like falls in love with her as well because she she sort of obviously represents the the woman that he was already in love with, obviously before he was yeah, murdered. Yeah, they're similar, aren't they, in yeah. looks and stuff. So yeah, it's kind of like an underlying love story to it as well. It's not your typical, not your typical horror. Well, this has made me really want to go back and rewatch it, and I wish yeah. I had the time to rewatch it this week. <laughs> and then it, and as then you're it about comes... to go away, we're like, "Ooh, yeah. got you excited about a horror movie?" Yeah. <laughs> And it comes full circle because at the end she uh, she appears, doesn't she? So yeah, she does, doesn't yeah. she? I forgot about that. Um, can we have to say? Can we kid? talk about the um, the opening monologue and how sick that is? Where it's just, yeah. just the just bellowing, like echoey voice, and just them bees, and we're saying what he's gonna do to come back, and like Cora was like, "Yo, this is so good. It's so good." So I've seen references to this and uh, people are saying it reminds them of, you know, sort of like Hellraiser. Do you know when you, you get his I've sort of, uh, when he does these monologues and it's very like echoing, very like yeah. the- theatrical, like when you see it. And I fucking love it. Yeah, it works. Well, it now works. that we know it's written by Clive Barker, that makes yeah. sense. Apparently mm. this is based on a book by Bernard Rose as well. Forbidden, isn't it? Is it called Forbidden? I'm, I'm not sure. It might be called Forbidden, guys. It might be. However, <laughs> I'll give you a fun fact. The bees used in the film were specifically bred for this movie. They needed to make sure that the bees were 12 hours old, so they looked mature enough, but the sting wouldn't actually do any real damage to people. I wonder how many people got stung. Well, oh, yeah. That would be a fun who, fact. The woman who played Helen <laughs> uh, was, was allergic to bees, apparently. Um, really? Yeah, oh, she was to bees. So they had a paramedic on set waiting just in case anything happened. But thankfully she didn't get stung. And Tony Tony Todd, apparently the uh the the FX guys made a put like something in his mouth to put in there, like a mouthpiece. So when he put the bees in there, couldn't they couldn't they, they were they were sort of restricted on where they could walk around. But apparently he, he said in an interview once that one of the bees came around the back. Of oh. the mouthpiece, and he could feel it like moving around inside oh, of his cheek. Oh my god! But dude, like 
fair fucking play to him. The fact that he went and put a full load of fucking bees in his mouth for the film. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And he fucking works, mate. And you don't even see him flinching on it. He just fucking goes for it. Like he's not even bothering him. It sounds Hell like a yeah. pretty intense like filming session because yeah, a fun fact with it as well where um, the person that plays Helen, like the bits where like she's kind of like in a trance. That's actually because she was in a trance. He actually hypnotized her for like them scenes. What? So yeah, so they hypnotized her so she'd like have a certain look to her. And then it got to the end of it where she'd done it like countless times because they had like a key word that they'd say to her to put her in this trance for the entire filming. And it got to like the last few shots of where she needs it and she was like, I can't do it anymore because it was like making her proper dizzy after she'd come out of it and she was like... Like she had no grasp of anything. This goes back to like when we were talking about the Exorcist and these unorthodox methods. Yeah, I kind of want to watch like uh, an actor. I want to watch what's that series? The like one on Shudder, like the Curse films. Oh, Curse films. Yeah, I want to go and films, I wanna, yeah. like a Candyman episode. That'd be cool. Well, a really good one. Uh, another Shudder documentary for any listeners of Ryan is a uh, horror noir all about black culture throughout. Uh, so does that, horror does that cover Candyman? Yeah, Tony Todd's nice. in yes. it extensively. Sick. Nice. Um, yeah, cool. I think I need to watch this film again. So I've kind of got two. Yeah, I definitely for do. It. Um, I'll just kick off considering I brought up ratings. Yeah. Um, my original rating, I gave it a four out of five because I remember watching it and really being like, it was. I was constantly thinking about it. Now I think I'd reasonably drop it to three and a half, but I'm not going to do that until I watch it again. So four out of five. I'm gonna do. Like like I said, I, I remember not loving it, but I, I liked it. Never didn't obviously didn't dislike it, and I do really want to watch it again. So I'm going to give it a three, but I think that would probably improve when I check out again. And like I said, just shout out for the new one because I did quite like that as well. Something I'm meaning to watch. Yeah, mm. it's online now. Like you know, online. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will buy it. <laughs> So I'm going to give it a three as well. And I'm going to say the same as Ryan. I've not given it a rewatch in a, in a long time. I've not seen the new Candyman either. So maybe I'll get a bit more hyped up and that score will like, like throw up a bit more. Yeah, yeah, it may, may change. But uh, Tony Todd's acting in this film is fucking is, is brilliant and everything that he put into the role makes the movie. Um, it could stand as like a thriller and a horror at the same time. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Think about it. So it's it can be my. It's got like seven vibes to it. Yes, I, mean? I got that. Yeah, yeah, proper seven vibes to it, and I, and I love uh, the film Seven as well. But yeah, it, I'm going to give it a three out of five because it's not like one of my favorite movies. And again, I've I start, so I'm going to sort of gauge the scale as well on what I'm giving fours and what I'm giving fives and shit. So yeah, so it's a three. Nice, nice, Lun. Cool. I'm going to give it a. Uh, I'm going to give it a 3.5 purely because I think in, in comparison to what I've rated other things but um, I don't want to go over the same things I've already said but I'm going to say that the standout scene for me is the car park scene just the the when he just says like Helen to her and she's like shit <laughs> <laughs> shit <laughs> shit <laughs> nice I like it Right, on to number three. We all ready? Yeah, do it. Good, yeah? Okay. Third film, Freddy vs. Jason, released in 2003. 
Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees return to terrorize the teenagers of Elm Street, only this time they are out to get each other. Ooh. So this actually carries on from um, Jason Goes to Head the final Friday and... Freddy's Fred, dead. Freddy's dead. So if you watch Jason Goes to Hell Final Friday, if you see the end scene where Jason's mask get, gets pulled under the soil from Freddy's glove into hell, that's sort of a precursor, a little like, ooh, a little like teaser for what's ahead. What's to come. Yeah, and, and apparently it's a prequel to Jason X as well. I've never seen Jason X and oh, I really need to. <laughs> Jason in space. Well, not a prequel, but it's based before Jason yeah, X. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, in the timeline. I'm just going to get out there. How the hell can anyone not like Freddy versus Jason? This is so fun. Like, but saying that, right. So I, I rewatched it yesterday and then my sister was giving me a lift and she was like, I was like, yeah, I watched Freddy versus Jason today. She's like, what, so what's it about? How do they end up like together? I was like, well, so Freddy's and they end up together like it's a romance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, was it not? Um, I was like, yeah, so like Freddy's in hell. All the kids have forgotten about him. And then he finds a way to be remembered by getting kind of Jason to do it and then stuff happens and they end up fighting <laughs> I was like I couldn't quite have to describe the plot other than that I was like but it's fucking cool I was like you've got Jason and Freddy fighting over a fucking metal like heavy metal soundtrack I was like this is badass this is so cool I yes, love it. We, it basically like because they're both in hell like Freddy sort of like gets Jason Jason goes back to earth again and uh, Freddy yeah he comes back to earth to fucking kill everyone again and then uh, Freddy sort of like becomes like the reincarnation of Jason's mother and basically telling him that he's got to go kill again but the main reason behind this is because Freddy wants the whole of Springwood to be scared again thinking that Freddy's back which, which will bring the fear back which will then obviously end the remembering him which then brings Freddy back to life so, yeah, because he's not strong enough yet. So no. he, what I do like, and probably the one of the few positive things I'll say about this film is he manipulates Freddy by using his powers of like taking the form of uh, Jason's mum and being like, "Yeah, do it for mommy, Jason." You know, shit like that was really cool to see and see him like use it to his advantage. It's perfect for Freddy's character. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, because he's like he pretends he. Does he like kind of mimics being the drowned boy? I think or something like obviously the drowned version of Jason is it as well? Or like yeah. I don't know. Kind of, like I said, it was a bit of a mess. <laughs> Even though I watched it just yesterday, I kind of still there's like plot points. I'm like, wait, you know, they're doing they're doing that, and then what? And now they're doing this, but I just didn't yeah. care. <laughs> they, they, tried, they, they did pack a lot into this movie, and they tried to pack too much in it, which I yeah. think obviously put a lot of people off, and they were trying to tick too many boxes with it as well at the same time. Um, but then again, like like for me, it was a fun movie to watch, and it was cool to see two big horror icons in the same movie as well. Yeah, which, yeah, it's, it's which fun was, to see, isn't it? And yeah, it was. Uh, we had Alien versus Predator as well. That's, yeah, those was the two around the same time, weren't they? Um, I do know this film began like uh, they were thinking of doing Hellraiser versus Michael Myers at one point. Yeah things like that thankfully they never happened yeah i wouldn't have wanted um, that yeah well, apparently after this they they was going to do freddy versus jason versus ash yeah really? i think that you i think you it, told yeah. us this before yeah. but it became yeah, it comic, comic as well comic. yeah, yeah. So i that, want more crossovers like I, I don't think it would work anymore with the kind of new way the halloween series has gone um in fact i don't really know what other ones you could do 
Who would you cross over with Michael Myers? I know it's going a bit off topic, but who would you cross over with? I think Ghostface would be pretty fun. Oh, but but, but no, Mike, you Mike can't fucking have him because he's just like yeah like you can't face you face can't do that because obviously Ghostface okay, is so aware okay. of all the other ki- killers. That's uh, what... The collector he rigs the house that Michael's walking in. Oh, I suppose, I suppose Jigsaw would be a bigger one for that. Saying that, Jigsaw, it's, it's, Jigsaw it's, versus Michael Myers or yeah. Jigsaw versus Jason. <laughs> Michael wakes up is like, "Hello, <laughs> Michael. I want to play a game." <laughs> oh. So th- this is why I don't like this film is it's not clear of like <sighs> it's not <laughs> it's not agree. clear in, in story mess. we've got that weird CGI monster I'm skipping ahead a little but um fuck it carry on mate basically what is the drug that um Nancy advocates for in Dream Warriors and it helps them sleep and oh. forget Oh, I should have written this down in the notes. Basically, um, our main protagonist's father has got all these people drugged out of their mind in this lab with weird masks on. And we see some like really amazing horror visuals of them all, like sat up looking at him. Basically, they need this drug and they're going to put it in Jason. You got that weird little CGI worm. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Hypnosil, that's it. Yeah, there's just some stuff that takes me out of it. And then yeah. there's no clear winner, Freddy versus Jason. I'm, I'm sorry right. that this is a point. I, I think there is. Is there? Yeah, you see Jason walking away carrying Freddy's head. And then he winks. That's the last shot. Yeah, but... Do you know why? Because they were going to make a Freddy versus Jason too. Versus Ash. <laughs> <laughs> Which super annoying. I don't think there's a clear winner, to be honest. Yeah. It's interpretation, isn't it? I left so. it as I left it as though Jason had kind of won, but it's, it's Freddie, isn't it? You know? Yeah. Um, so you've got you've got Freddie being he's very like he's very gimmicky self on here as well. So yeah, I, so the, that's what I liked as yeah. well. Freddie was very Freddie. So the, the highlight for me was the whole uh, got your nose and he's got the yeah. things in his nose that <laughs> <laughs> nose pops off. Yeah, that and the whole when he's taunting Jason as well when they're having the fucking face off like. You got you got to love like Freddy when he's when he's in that mood, don't you? Yeah, I loved. I was the like, best Kelly Freddy bit. The best Freddy bit is where Kelly Rowland's taking the piss out of him. Yeah, that's what I was gonna and say. And he goes like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> points his glove to that Jason. She's going like, she's oh, like Jason. Shit, yeah, she's like Jason's got this huge machete. What have you got? This little button eyes on your fingers, <laughs> and then he just goes. And then she turns around and then Jason just fucking chops her. Gets fucking power slammed into yeah. a tree. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous, it's dumb, but it's fun. Soundtrack like, is amazing. Soundtrack's sick. Kill such engaging um, the end credits. Cool, yeah. The police station scene <clears throat> is amazing as well. And the cornfield scene as well, when Jason yeah. is on a rampage. I would just sit talking about that police station again, like where you see all the like missing children slowly looking at the woman walking past that's fucking cool and then you've got like a bunch of horror movie references like uh our characters called laurie campbell yeah laurie, laurie strode sydney campbell. campbell oh wait sydney oh wait no i got confused <laughs> i got confused because of scary movie she's called sydney cindy campbell because of sydney nev campbell yeah yeah 
And it's like, yeah, so I was about to go off topic then. I'm not going to do that. Carry on. <laughs> I got confused as fuck for a second and I was like... Yeah, no, right. Scary <laughs> movie, they mix up all the names, but then yeah. because I've seen it so many times, I then got the name mixed up and yeah, it's all, it's all <laughs> it referencing happens. the same thing in the end. Yeah. Um, I did have a note, uh, some uh, Scream reference, Dead Mother. I'm pretty sure that's not a Scream reference. It's just <laughs> a Dead Mother. Ignore me on that one. <laughs> But uh, the thing that took me out of it is we see Kelly Rowland give Jason mouth-to-mouth in the back of a van. Yeah. And I was like, nope, what the fuck is this? Yeah, that was gross. <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'd like to check out, please. And I love the <laughs> the guy's reason of not being able to do it. He's like, I've got asthma. <laughs> <laughs> um, and this film does have the best stoner in it. The guy playing Jason Mewes, but not Jason Mewes. Oh, what? yeah. Do you know what? Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't realize that. You know who I'm it's talking about. Jason music character, yeah. You've watched Jane Silent Bob, haven't you? Yeah, I've seen yeah. him live. <laughs> well, there you go, Jason Muse. Yeah, the, what the, the hell? typical stoner. Yeah. I didn't realise he... Oh, my God. I never knew that. It was, like, <laughs> supposed to be, like, a Jason Muse, like, a, you know. I mean, it, it, I don't think it is, but... Um... Uh, okay, so I mean, obvious, it is... It? The style is very much yeah. the same. It essentially is. He's playing yeah. the stoner character. Yeah. Fair. I'll send you a photo to put up here. My <laughs> I'll attempt. Yeah, we'll put it yeah, side by side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, anything anything else on that one? Like, I, I like it. It's fun. It's goofy as fuck, but I do like it. And so after all that, at the end, you don't know who fucking wins because he walks out of the water. And should we spoil it? Yeah. I'd already had. I've said it. Freddie fucking winks, yeah. And it's like, well, after all that, we don't know who fucking wins then, so we're always. We're I mean, I still, I still think Jason's got the upper hand at least, but Freddie's got the ability to come back if you know. Well, the way asked. I interpret that is, uh, Freddie can fuck with your reality, can he? So yeah, might not actually be carrying Freddie's head. It could be his mum's head, and you know stuff uh, like yeah. that. Um, All right, because yeah, there's no winner. <laughs> yeah, because that's like um, setting it up for the sequel with Ash yeah, or number two. That never happened, thankfully. Yeah, I'll give you my fun fact now. This is the last film where Robert Englund takes the role of Freddy Krueger, and I think it should. I hope he no does it else. again one day. I'd love for him. To I don't do. think it will. No, I reckon he's got one more left in his. Uh, I want one more. We've, we've got Scream Five coming out. We have a Child's Play TV series. Halloween's in the midst of an amazing trilogy. Touchwood, Exorcist, the Exorcist remake. We need Krueger back. The West Craven Estate's taking pitches now to do with an, something to do with Elm Street. Fingers crossed. See, this nice. is where the diehard fans should come into play and they should actually like listen to submissions yeah. for them because they know what we want. Yeah. But ratings, I'm giving this one 3.5 out of 5. It's better, like, yeah, it's... It's better than a bit good for me. I think it's just really fun. Better than a bit good. I, I like that. Better than a bit good. <laughs> um, yeah, 3.5. I wish I could have... Like, I wish I was there when this kind of came out in the cinema stuff. Although actually saying that, I reckon there might have been a lot of hype and a lot of disappointment. And because I'm just watching it years later, hearing that it was so shit, and I'm like, <laughs> oh, not that bad, come on. Um, but yeah, it's, it's great. I like it. Oh, no, sorry, no. I take that back. It's not great. Better than a, better than a bit <laughs> better good. Than a bit good, yeah. Better than a bit good, yeah. Bye. I'm going to give it a, a 2.5 because I can't rate it the same as Candyman. Because uh, uh, that's Candyman a very good that. point. Yeah, yeah good logic. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, again, uh, again, it's another fun movie to watch, and it's cool to see two big icons in the same thing. So yeah, I don't really want to repeat myself much, but yeah, I'd, I'd give it. If you've never watched it, I'd give it a watch anyway. And if you don't like it, don't like it. If you do, you'll watch it again. But I'd definitely give it a go once at least. Yeah. Nice, Lun. All right, so I'm gonna give this a. I'm gonna give it a two point five. It's not New Nightmare. It's definitely not Dream Warriors, and it's definitely not the OG. So my God, I'm not rating anything like those. So. It's a hot mess, but it's enjoyable to watch. It's a hot mess, yeah. Hot mess. I, I like that. It's a good way of putting it together. Um, my review is 1.5 out of 5. However, I like the soundtrack. I've just said some bits freak me out. And I, I do occasionally watch this. It, it's something Ryan always talks about, which is good, bad movies. Um, yeah. You've you got, you, you got to have a love for good, bad movies. So I'm going to bump this up to a 2. Uh, but Kelly Rowland still gave Jason mouth to mouth, so it's one of those it's films. It's got to live you, below two point five for me. Yeah, you know what to expect. It's got the gore in there. It's got a great soundtrack. He's got two big characters. I don't you know think I mean? you know what to expect. I don't know. Yeah, Jason. I know you mean it, it is. But yeah, it's, <laughs> we didn't get that. Who's the winner? Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But it, it is very all over the place with it. But you sort of know what you saw. I'm kind of going to get going in, but yeah. Let's get on to the next thing anyway. Okay. What's the next one, Matt? Okay, film four, Dead Silence, released in 2007. A young widower returns to his hometown to search for answers to his wife's murder, which may be linked to a go- to the ghost of a deceased ventriloquist. Well, gentlemen, what do we think of this one? I've not got many notes for this film, uh, but my main one... <laughs> is the first thing I put on it is this film is weird (laughs) (laughs) you are not wrong there (laughs) I messaged you guys Sunday night watching Dead Silence this is fucking pants (laughs) it didn't get better (laughs) oh for me like this this is one I've watched this film a few times and I do like coming back to it every so often to watch Um, but the story and that is nothing to shout about like considering it's James Wan who's like and Lee Winnell. Like, yeah, he's done stuff like The Conjuring, do you know what I mean? And Insidious. Yeah. Uh, and Saw as well. Like, and Lee Win- yeah. Do you know what I mean? You think there'd be a bit more thought out. So we should yeah. say to the listeners, we're, we're introed with this couple and a doll is delivered to their door randomly and you think, well, fucking burn that. I'm not keeping it. Basically um, slap it from Goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but this doll it is, is called a generic Billy. looking doll. Yeah. Uh, and guy dips out, comes home to see his wife murdered all over his apartment with a trail of blood, and the death looks very fucking grim. He goes back to his hometown. No one's giving him real answers, and then it's like, oh, it's Murray Shaw. Um, so there's this like ghost. Uh, I don't want to say ghost story, but like, this little song people would sing to scare one another in the town. And it's basically, you scream, Mary Shaw's going to get you. So that, that's the premise of it. And he confronts whatever this Mary Shaw character is. Yeah. Well, so like, doesn't the doll turns up to his house as well and his wife or girlfriend or someone's killed. Yeah. And yeah. obviously it looks like it's his, his, obviously he's to blame. Like it looks that way, but it's not as the doll. Which straight away I thought was weird because then he was kind of let go quite quickly. Like I know they were like, oh, we didn't have evidence. But I'm like, 
you have an apartment full of you've blood. Got a, you've got an apartment <laughs> yeah. with a dead woman in it, and he was the only real person there. I know us as the audience are like, oh, it's the doll, it's the doll, of course, but yeah. I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't let him go? And they, of course, wouldn't let him go to then like fucking go across country to or wherever the fuck else he went to go somewhere else. Like you'd be like, if he's gonna go, it's like right, you're gonna go, but we want to know where you fucking are and shit like that. Like it was just so unrealistic. I know it's a film, and like not everything should be like super realistic. I mean, some of the things that we're talking about, you know, that we're praising a, but for this type of thing, if you when you go into like detective type shit, I'm like, I want that to at least be a bit more real. A bit of a plot um, and the detective yeah. is played by uh, Donnie Wahlberg, Mark Wahlberg's brother, uh, who was also that. in Saw. I didn't know that. Um, the more you know, I reckon I can. I um, can see it actually. Yeah, yeah like, uh, but there's a real fun bit. So I, c- I can't remember the name of the lead character. Oh, it's Jamie, isn't it? Jamie. Jamie goes back to his hometown, and he takes Billy the doll with him. Um, but then why why did he take the doll <laughs> so here's what i know well he's looking for answers why is this doll turned up and then my wife's dead? oh yeah, yeah, yeah okay okay but what annoys me is the next time we see uh the detective he's like you've got evidence right there and it's like well why the fuck did you leave evidence in his apartment for him to take well yeah that's the whole part of everything she'd between... bag it up and put Straight it away. into yes i'm not letting right. you put any more fingerprints or hide it or he tries to bury it in the um, where Mary Shaw's dolls were buried. <laughs> and it's like, oh, you can't be burying evidence. Well, don't fucking give me evidence, dummy. <laughs> literally. Oh, that triggered there's, me. There's, yeah, so many, like, there's, there's so many like lack of common sense approaches in this film. Yes, there is. There's insane. some plot holes in the story where you're like, that wouldn't happen. Like, uh, that's probably really, what it was it for some people. I do like the overall like aesthetic to the film, the whole look to it, and the creepy vibes. The see, I didn't well, like that. I thought, as well. no. I thought the color grading was like, fucking terrible. It was like <laughs> it just looked. You know what I was saying the other day, or was I saying this on the podcast or privately? Yeah, it was um, the early two like thousands color yeah, grading. The blue, it, the blue. Was, it was terrible. <laughs> it looked shit. <laughs> Where everything looks like a really moody Evanescence music video. Yeah, <laughs> this this did give that sort of uh, Evanescence vibes off. It did, but I, I don't and, know. I, I sort of liked it in this one, and the right. deaths were pretty cool with the with the mouse. Like, eh. um, I I agree with you there, mate. I like. I I don't hate this film. Is what I should say. Um, <laughs> I'm pissing myself thinking of the ending. Like it's so ridiculous. <laughs> oh god! So before we do that, um, I want to say like the use of silence. Uh, is very clever so it gets silent when Mary Shaw's around and watching you and it kind of reminds you of Final Destination because you notice it like like uh, death is wind in Final Destination but it's not subtle Mary it's Shaw like, is silent not subtle. but it's not gotta be because you know Mary Shaw's coming for you and if you scream when you see Mary Shaw she's gonna kill you that's the rule and that's the song they sing but that's clever because musically in my head the way I'm thinking about it is the way these paranormal films play out, and this is the the beginning of your paranormal hype when horror films were like getting like, oh, fucking paranormal activity, the exorcism of this and all that. Um, and that's where like I call it cheap horror, where we just were banking on loud sounds to scare you, jump scares essentially. But uh having silence be like part of the story means your noise floor of what you know is being moderate volume is it nothing so then you're maximizing the scare with the big ah you know um so yeah, i was like science. that's that's real yeah. fucking clever 
that's why it scares you. That's why I like the scares rather than calling it cheap horror because you're at least embedding it in the story somehow. Yeah, I can see yeah. what you mean. Um, it's very James Wan though, this film as well, like going into the different, like, you know, it sort of feels like you're going into the different worlds and especially yeah. the scene where they're, they're underwater as well and there's all puppets. <laughs> oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's very, very James Wan. And also, do you not think the fucking, the, the old woman, Mary, Mary Shaw. looks very much like the, uh, the old woman from Insidious? With the veil over her face. Very remember. similar. Yeah. yeah, very similar. She only gets uncovered at the end of Insidious 1 and becomes yeah. like the main thing in Insidious 2, who's haunting the, the dad. Oh, Maybe that's film. Mary. Maybe it is. Um, so I've got, I've got a question go regarding this film and where it sits in the James Wan universe timeline, whatever you want to call it. So was I don't know if you guys know this. Was this film made pre-Saw or after Saw? This after is after Saw, definitely. It's after. like 2009, Purely because... 2007, this came out. Why is the two... Front, well, I won't call it a franchise. Why is the two things made by James Wan that are both a puppet called Billy? Well, it's funny yeah. you say that, because my fun Pops fact go. is you can see Billy from Jigsaw in this movie. What? what? He is, he is what? in there at one hour, ten minutes. You can see him, like, sat down by a pillar. Yeah, um, I've just Googled it. Yeah. No, I will get you to that up. Yeah, it's a tiny, tiny Easter egg. And he's oh, he's on a chalk on oh, no, somewhere else. That's a different film. But yeah, no, he is. You're right. Yeah. Um cool. I like that. I think they just like the uh the name Billy for a puppet. Holy shit. But yeah, there's a little fun fact. It's very um, subtle, isn't it? It's very subtle. Yeah. Jamie meets the mortician who's going to be burying his wife. And then we uncover more about the backstory of Mary Shaw. She was this talented ventriloquist. Uh, and we have this amazing, like, what'd you call it? Like theater where she performed and um, she had a weird request when she died, which was to be turned into a dummy, which the mortician did somehow. And why the fuck would you do that? Um, yeah, very fucking weird. She gets buried with the dolls. You can see this is a, an edgy film. Uh, I did like the character of the mortician and his wife. And his wife's kind of like talking to Billy the doll occasionally. And now imagine that. Imagine saying to you, like, your husband, yeah, I'm going uh, to be made into a puppet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, might well make... just, you might as well get stuffed and mounted, aren't you? It's like South Park where Carl's dad yeah, wants yeah. to be a dolphin. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> so gross. oh but um it you have like under the mortician's house she's just sat there hiding from mary shot it kind of reminded me of the visit have you ever seen the visit where the the grandparents are playing hide and seek and she's like (laughs) scrolling around yeah oh that's that's so funny um yeah so that that's all i had to really say do you want to talk about the ending ryan Oh, it's just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> so, what is it? Like, you find out that the twist is that, like, his dad throughout the movie, who was like, I, I can't remember what, he's got very, his new, very well his off, new, always his ignored new wife, his son. Yeah. But every time they're together, they come as a pair, and then you find out that actually his dad's dead, and she's been using him as, like, a ventriloquist the entire time, so she's, like, carved out his back, put an axe in there, and she's, like, <laughs> feeding fucking... Feeding him soup, rah, rah, rah. and it's just splattering oh, on it's the gross. inside yeah, yeah. of him. She and she's stink. also a pop, and also a, it puppet, would a puppet. 
Pop it. He would fucking stink. And I was looking at that like, this is gross. He would stink. How the hell would you not know that your dad's dead when you're like six feet away from him talking to a fucking... He's a, yeah, a talented ventriloquist, worst, Brian. worst twist ever. I know. <laughs> I will I say... it's freaky. Like, I, I, even though it is bad, I did enjoy it. So, yeah, oh, I, I agree with you there. there. This yeah. was the bad that I don't like. I was like, this isn't good bad. This is, <laughs> I was like, why am I wasting my time? But here's this? what's weird... Mary Shaw, hang on. Spoilers if you want to watch this movie after what you've I've heard. just spoiled it. Don't watch it. No, because, no, no. <laughs> you know, skip 10, 10 seconds or something. But Mary Shaw and her accomplice, because Mary Shaw is a paranormal being that's scaring people. We see that. This woman, the, the wife of Jamie's dad, isn't doing that as far as we know. So it's kind of like she's controlling and Mary Shaw. They both win in the end. Jamie dies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was quite nice to see a, a sad ending. And they left it like that because they were almost going to do a sequel. Ooh. There's talks of a sequel to this day. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I'm glad didn't. I'll be first in line. <laughs> Dead yeah, whatever else For whatever else is shown at the cinema that <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, well. Dead Silence fans really want uh, Dead Silence 2. Um, yeah. That'd be a good lads out in, wouldn't it? Yeah, <laughs> fuck on, it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, even Ryan, Ryan Heckling, the fucking movie from the back of us. <laughs> it's shit. Oh, why was Ryan kicked at the cinema? Well, <laughs> boo, Wendy Testerberger, boo. <laughs> boo, Wendy <laughs> Oh. Yeah, straight in. Um, half a star. <laughs> Hated it. Hated it. Oh, That's the lowest score shit. we've had, I believe. Yeah. Wait, I thought, have you not given something half a star, Pearson? I've always at least give it one, I think. What? Didn't I give the collector half a star? But oh shit, you did. Yeah, that but we don't it. talk about that. I want to. I'm gonna at some point yeah, we, take that back because I will watch it properly. So, so the next episode, episode five, we're gonna do a recap on some stuff. And yeah, I'm gonna make sure I, I, I watch the collector. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking through my notes now. I've not given anything half a star. Go on. Who's continuing these amazing ratings? <laughs> I'm gonna give it a one out of five. Yeah. Bollocks, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's so, do you think, do you want to me the most? Because it just felt like it wasted my time when I was watching it. Was the transitions of where he drives past the road sign to go into the town. It zooms into the town and to the bridge that like he's just driving across. So if essentially it could have stayed on the same shot of the car going across the bridge and it would have been fine. They wasted so much fucking time just doing this cool effect of going through this fucking yeah, but sign. it's cool. No. <laughs> and the, also, the, the thing as well with the, um, where it shows a shot of his wife dead on the bed and it goes through the eye and then it goes through to something else and it's like, this is why. <laughs> <laughs> what are these transitions kind of thing? <laughs> My meal day. Uh, I'm going to give it a 2.5. So it's on par with Freddy versus Jason. Um, I, I particularly it's a good it's a good bad movie for me. I, I enjoyed it. I like some of the kills in it and the the way it looks. I think it's pretty freaky to be honest. Is it though? Is it on par with Freddy versus Jason? No, it's it's better than Freddy versus Jason. Oh. See this see this shows how split we all are with different stuff. Yeah, hundred yeah. you know yeah, percent. So, this is yeah. the fun of this show. Yeah. So yeah, it's a two point five for me. Fair. 
Uh, I have the same rating. It's a 2.5 from me because I wa- I've watched it more than once and I've been like, yeah, but n- I've watched this more often than Freddy versus Jason. I However, think I have as well. I will, I'll come back to it as well. I'm, I'm not listening to the soundtrack of this film though. I'll be honest. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, if you want to watch Dead Silence after what you've just heard, you can go watch that on Netflix at the time of this recording. Um, yes. Okay. Next moving one. on. Wow. Two to go. Yeah. Uh, the fifth film in our list is Cujo. Cujo. Released Cujo. in 1983. <laughs> Cujo, a friendly St. Bernard, contracts rabies and, con- and conducts a reign of terror on a small American town. As we've previously mentioned, Charles Bernstein doing the composition for this film. You'll know him from The Nightmare on Elm Street films. Uh, what do we all think? So, I mentioned this at the start. Cujo is a book. I know we're discussing the film, but Cujo as a book is actually one of my favourite Stephen King books. It's like so full of suspense and tension. Yeah. I literally couldn't put it down. So I was quite excited for the film, but I didn't love it. Um, didn't hate it. I just thought, considering also that it was only made in 1983, like I didn't even know when it was made, but you just saying 1983 then, I was like, no fucking way. It's very dated. It does feel very old, yeah. Yeah. Uh, in terms of just like the acting style, the way like all the performers are like dressed and things like that. I'd be quite keen for a remake for this one because I love the story. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I just, I couldn't get that into the film. Like the film just did do a lot for me. Maybe if I watched the film first before the book, I would have kind of had a bit more of the tension of like, oh, what's going to happen? But I guess because I knew what was coming, yeah. but I didn't quite enjoy how it was, uh, like Executed. how it was visually. Yeah. I just kind of lost interest a bit. Um, I get that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's such a cool premise. Like the whole story of Kuja. I remember hearing of this story years ago. I think it was when it was on Friends. And, uh, oh, yeah. They watched, and I think my mum told me when I was a kid, like what the story is. And like like I said before, my mum hates horror. So like she made it sound like the most frightening film in the world. So I was like, <laughs> oh God, never ever going to watch Kujo. And then yeah, read the book, loved it. Yeah. I want a QJ remake. <laughs> so it is a very inten- intense film, like throughout, and there is a lot of tension, as you say, and uh, especially because you've got a big chunk of the film where they were stuck in the car, aren't they? Basically, yeah, yeah. It's um, sorry, I'll, I'll let you talk. No, go on. one person. <laughs> I was I'll, saying, I'll... like, it, it's not just a scary, rabid dog, is it? It it's playing on claustrophobia, being trapped in a car yeah. with sweltering heat, and you've got sunstroke. You're dealing with a child, uh, let's be honest, and that's painful enough, let alone being trapped in the car and having a rabid dog outside that's killed two, three people at this point. Yeah. And um, she's also dealing with the personal issues because she's uh, been fucking cheating on her husband. Cheating on her husband. And isn't the son ill as well? Like, doesn't he need medicine or something? Yeah, isn't he like having a seizure at one or point? Or I think yeah. it's because it's so hot, he's like yeah, dehydrated. Dehydration. Because... Oh, no, I, I won't spoil the book. The The book ending's got a bit of a different ending so, to the film. Like, hearing you talk about the book makes me really want to... Yeah, that it's might not a mega long one either. I think it's like 300 pages. I struggle with so, novels, and I've, I, I was talking about this before we started recording. Started reading The Shining. I'm going to commit. I'm going to get yeah. through that. Kujo will be the next one, I think. Yeah, I've got it. I'll, uh, I'll send you my copy if you haven't got one. Let's so, nice. Um, but yeah, this film was kind of split in two for me. The first hour, I wasn't hooked or taking it in i mean it's let's be honest it's hard to make a movie 
about a rabid dog and it be scary and last and now we're 20 you know yeah so you they establish the american family um and then you've got the cheating wife the husband finds out husband goes away because um an issue with the serial campaign that we hear at the beginning Uh, um, it's making people poop red something like that and the die in the serial um yeah I have amazing fun facts for this. But this yeah, so I don't, I don't have loads to say on the film. So if you've got fun facts, so I all, just like all, all this stem, it stems from a fucking rabbit bite as well. Like, yeah, poor dog. Yeah. Like, I feel fucking tight on that. I know, I feel bad on the dog. But what's a shame is like they establish that within the opening scene immediately, don't they? So it's like, oh, at that point, you're just waiting for it to unfold. And yeah. it makes that hour feel very slow for me anyway. Yeah. Yeah, because she goes in and she she sees the bite on his nose, don't she? Yeah. Um, like a bit, he got he has a bit of red on him. Yeah, and yeah, she's hesitant to let her son near it. He got red on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel tight on that, but he's got the brilliant Dee Wallace in there. He's the screen queen within her own right. She's been in all Absolutely. sorts of fucking horror movies. Um, and she is, I think, if she was in this film, and you know what I mean, I don't think it would have stood the test. In the of film, time. it is. Yeah, yeah. and been the film, it is. Um, but as you say, I don't think like the dog for me and the whole storyline isn't very scary for myself, and that's probably why I didn't enjoy it as much. Not saying it's a bad film because some people enjoy it and it's got a cult following to it, but and but it's just not got that scare factor that I look for in a horror movie, especially yeah. for Halloween. As it's well. an ambitious, uh, you know, film to try and create. You, you set in one location, yeah. The, the villain is a pet animal that. You know, everyone loves. You can't not love a dog. You know, Lun. What did you think? I'm a bit torn in this. Where there are some parts of it that I rescued really well, and I think I'm just more thinking like how everything wraps up closer to the end. But I, I think it's the whole family melodrama that you get before it that kind of really like threw me off it, and it was like yeah. the build up to it just really felt clashed and didn't work the way I wanted it to. And I feel like there's other films that are non-horror related that probably did a better job of that feeling of isolation. So one that comes to mind is like, for example, 127 Hours. Good film. Um, I feel like that executes the whole being in one spot better than this did. But at the same time, Cujo was a, a while back yeah. in comparison to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think yeah. it portrays the the sunstroke and being trapped in a car very well. Yeah, hundred percent. It's an uncomfortable and it watch does on make that it frightening, sense. Yeah, but mm, I just can't frightening. Yeah, it was. But, it was. I just felt bad on the dog. Like, hey if guys, you that bad. At least Vic didn't die. Do you know what I mean? I was expecting him to come back like towards yeah. the end of the film and then get attacked by the fucking dog. But yeah, yeah, he survived. Do you know what? It's a good job. People were pooping like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll save I mean, Dave by Red Poop. Yeah, yeah. But I definitely right. recommend reading the book if you like into books. Like, I really, really rated this one. It builds the tension so much better. And yeah, I was proper excited to see the film. And like, I, I know it's that typical thing of like, oh, the book's better. <laughs> I don't always agree with that, but in this case, I did. And I, I think, think it's good. I think loving the book as much as I did made me just not really give a shit about the film. Yeah, I think it's good you read the book though first because I know like when. When I'm reading, I like to visualize. I don't read much, by the way, but I like to visualize what I'm reading. Do you know what I mean? So if you've already got sort of a, a visual yeah. reference, 
to the dog and everything that's going on, I don't think you probably would have enjoyed the. Yeah, no, true. Because like, I, I read The Shining, and I did like it, but like every time they say Jack, you're thinking of um, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, yeah, yeah. I've I've done that with quite other films. Like if I've read a read a book, knowing there's a film of it, I still can't help but picture the the actors and stuff. But to me, that kind of helps because then I can remember who's who. Yeah. But you know, it is nice to kind of just fully invest your own creativity into it. But we're not talking about books, so. Not yet. <laughs> that might happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, imagine a horror fest thirty-one books. Oh fuck! That, that'll take no, me ready years. Next year. No, I'm joking. No I'm joking. That would take years. <laughs> um, but yeah, jumping in with my rating for this one, then I'm going to give it a two. Uh, but it's not. I don't want to like think like I hate it. Is is still a cool concept? I, I do like the whole thing of it. It's just it is very dated for me. But if they were to remake it, I'd be hyped. I'd be like, yeah, fuck it. I'm yeah, keen for this. I, I like the idea of what you just said of the remake this. Um, I'm going to go for a two and it's the same reasons, Ryan. I'm, not, I'm basically just fucking copying what he said because that's how I feel about it. It would suit a remake. It, it is dated, but it is a good film at the same time. Yeah. It's just not to my taste. So, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Lund? I'm going to copy paste and I'm going to say two. <laughs> um, <laughs> based on the same reasons as I said before. Um, I, I kind of went in expecting it to, I don't know, jump to the final act's a lot quicker but it didn't and it was just all this like melodrama yeah. which kind of threw me off which makes sense in the context of a film but because you can't just have a third act as a film oh no absolutely it not. is tricky to create an interesting story on the lead up when it's about a rabid dog a rabid dog yeah um so before I give my rating I give you my fun facts yes Ooh. so <laughs> If you feel bad about what you've just watched, seeing a rabid St. Bernard, these are some that are going to cheer you up. The foam around the mouth for uh, the rabid dogs, because uh, there was five dogs used in the film, five St. Bernards, uh, one mechanical head, and one guy dressed up in a St. Bernard costume, which imagine that being your job on set. <laughs> nice. um, yeah, the foam mixture... Uh, was egg whites and sugar mixed together to cause the foam, but the dogs couldn't stop licking it off one another. (laughs) That's a joyous (laughs) thing to picture. Um, In the film, you don't actually see any of the dogs get hit, which is nice. They use like clever camera work, which was nice to see. Even if they did a remake, I don't want to see that. I don't think anyone wants to see that. There's enough of that horrible shit all over the internet. Yeah. so to get the St. Bernard to jump into the car frightfully, they put the favourite toys in there. <laughs> um, We're chatting all this about dogs. I've literally got mine snoring. I can hear I it. I've just got a text, so I've got to let him out in a minute because he's got to go downstairs to go to bed. And um, yeah, here's another fun one. Um they had to tie all the dogs' tails down because they were wagging too much during the film. <laughs> so they were having a good Aww. time. And um, final fun facts, it's about Stephen King. He admits when writing this book, he was so deep in his alcohol addiction, he doesn't remember writing it at all. Mad. Which I think he's done for a few books, to yeah. be honest. Um, but yeah, that and my rating, I also gave it a two out of five. I don't think I'd watch it again. I'd happily see a remake Especially with like, I, I'm not saying do a CGI dog, but those trickier shots where you do have the ability to, of CGI to help on top of practical yeah. could make a really fun. They could make um, it fucking film. gruesome, terrifying, man. Yeah, 
that might be a, a future podcast right there. And the final film, the sixth film uh, in this part four, uh, The Children, released in 2008. A relaxing Christmas vacation turns into a terrifying fright for survival as the children begin to turn on their parents. Right, I'll confess I've not watched this one. Yeah, yeah. This I'm was a little, bit of oh, this was a late edition. This is very annoying. What's that? That these two haven't watched it because. Go on, Ryan. I'll let you say what you're going to say. I, I was just saying, yeah. No, in all fairness, it was a late edition to the list because I think I watched it literally. We, we we put the list together like in August, I think, and we literally recorded at the start of September to get started on this. And I watched it on the like looking at my letterbox. I watched it on the twenty fourth of August, and it made it into the list because I was just like, "Have we got any spaces? Can we slot this one in?" Because I just watched well, it, and I, I was like quite impressed. That's how it started because I saw you shared it on Instagram, and I replied, yeah. "Oh my god, I yeah. forgot about this film. Yeah. Should we make Lun and Mai watch it?" Yeah, and that was the purpose for putting it in this list, <laughs> and it didn't fucking work. They didn't so you, watch it. You need to watch this for the recap next week. Yeah, so. Just to talk about it, yeah, so you've mentioned the plot, like these families go away, take a vacation, and then things just start getting fucking weird. Like think people are just dying in horrible ways and like the kids are just fucking creepy. The this is like a proper British horror, uh, which I, I want to sh- a bit of an independent movie, to be honest. Yeah, it's yeah, I think it is. Find. Um it it reminded me of the style of Eden Lake, which I really liked in terms of it being fucking horrible, like a film that really got under my skin. I've never heard of that. Oh, mate, next year's list for sure. <laughs> um, British horror has just got this way of being so fucking... I don't know if it's because we are in Britain and like obviously they're yeah. always set in British. You know, mm-hmm. It's a lot more close to home. It's just fucking horrible. Like, it's just got this weird, horrible, uncomfortable edge to it. And so the first, I think the first like kind of death in this, I think I'm correct here, is when like the... Uh, not, I'm not going to fully spoil it, but it's like when like the sled goes down yeah, the hill is, yeah. and knocks into the dude. It's so gruesome, like proper fucking 100%. And disgusting. I think, like that, there's some very clever camera work in this where it's like on the level of a child and you see him looking uh, just before they turn on them. And it... Because there's this weird fine line, isn't there? You don't think they've turned... But some things are in play where you're like, oh, that's a bit sinister. Yeah. Uh, and then the events unfold and you're like, oh, fuck. Um, and it, you're kind of like trying to work out throughout the film why have they turned. Yeah. I was going to ask you this. Does he not give you like, does he not show you how they got infected or what's happened? No, it's, it's just, oh, it, it just all happens. happens. Like I, I think from watching it, a, a parasite kind of thing. But then that can't be right because the parents don't turn, you know? Yeah, it's but, um, just weird. So, it's like that mom and dad film Nicolas Cage is in where like the kids just suddenly start fucking... Or is it the parents start... I can't remember what we're chatting about. It's late. <laughs> um, I'll just quickly go... Because for this one, I actually wrote a pretty lengthy kind of thing on my letterbox for. So I've mentioned about like the British horrors. Um, but I've said... Like, so perhaps like it's the accents and characteristics of British families that make it feel so close to home for me. Although I'm so glad we don't have any kids as annoying as, as annoying as these little shits. <laughs> Fuck me. Even before they get terrorizing, they're so annoying. Yeah. Like they're like not quite Babadook kid level, but close. So I was like, <laughs> my God, I remember messaging a friend. I've got a friend who claims she won't ever watch films if there's like annoying kids in it. And I was like, mate, don't ever watch this. You will hate it. <laughs> um, a film yeah. entirely based on that. 
Yeah, literally. Well, it is the, the children. Yeah. yeah, the kids go fucking nuts and they're all fucking weird. Um, but yeah, the gore in it. Um, I put the gore. Level of gore is enough to please those looking for some horrible stuff. So like Smith would love this one. Um, and I really enjoyed the fast cuts that have you like, what the fuck did I just see? So like yeah. that moment with the sled, that's the only death I'm going to kind of talk about because that's the one that was most prominent in my memory. A lot of things happen where it goes so quick. I think I even rewound it because I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Did you see who made this happen? And you kind of don't. And yeah, it leads to just some fucking horrific stuff. Um, and the kids, although I found them annoying, they were pretty fucking terrific in terms of their acting abilities oh yeah because they're all very young and they were genuinely fucking scary. freaky yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, scary sorry scary, yeah. uh, scary. it's annoying uh, enough that it, it doesn't mean you want to turn it off but th- it's uncomfortable you hate them for us yeah you know? <laughs> like, it these really fucking shits it was a I, I love getting uncomfortable with films like because like like we were saying before i feel we were a bit desensitized to some horror if yeah. it makes me uncomfortable, I love it. Because I'm like, if it's getting me it's like feeling job, stuff, I'm like, yeah, it's doing what I want to do, you know? Yeah. Not like to a horrible level. Like, I don't want to watch like really uncomfortable scenes of like, you know, like we said about with I Spit on Your Grave, I don't want to be watching rape scenes and shit like that. Yeah. But when it's like proper fictional, gory horror type creepiness of, you know, fucking kids going nuts and shit, I'm like, That's yeah, it. fucking yeah, make, if it's make me feel like, weird. If it's made you feel weird about it, it's doing a, a good job. Yeah. Um, there's um the fun bit is you have this child innocence that plays throughout the movie of like it's it's not me dad you know um kind of thing and that's the blurred line throughout it and then there's the fucking greenhouse scene um is like stand out for me it's it's not a long film we're talking one hour 24 yeah i was gonna say it's quite an easy one to get in before we have a chat next week but um Um, it's definitely something i'd recommend what it it packs a punch that's what i'll say yeah i think it's good um Um, if you if you like it like i said i'd recommend kind of pairing up and watching eden lake yeah Um, just just for like just for british horror getting you like kind of maybe don't watch them back to back because you'd be in for a fucking <laughs> horrible evening but if you kind of watch it and think i want to feel like that about something else watch yeah. it like well, have you guys have any of you two seen Eden like sorry to kind of sidetrack to another film but wild back yeah oh my yes i know smith's a fan of that one as well yeah yeah so this was one of those where um jess my partner discovers like these random horror films where i'm like all right i'll give it a go and nine times out of ten the fucking like what the fuck have I just watched? The last one she did it with was Hell House. And then she's like, oh, do you want to watch The Children? I was like, what the fuck is The Children? Yeah, it didn't disappoint. I yeah, let's say you watched it in July last year by looking at your letterbox because I was just on the profile and could see. This is why letterbox is so good. I know. I love it. It's like a diary for when you actually watch. Something. I mean, I read, I, yeah, I would put everything in there. I think yeah. I've forgotten a couple on these horror things, but I'll add them in at the end. But Yeah, I started... Uh, not adding my reviews so none of you saw them and i just thought well in the end i should be adding them anyway yeah um yeah my fun fact for this is we see a tattoo on the character casey uh near a belly button which is like a baby in the fetal position uh with an umbilical cord going towards a belly button uh that is the album cover for Sigur ross's album released in 1999 that i'm not going to try and pronounce no way i love Sigur ross uh, but yeah the more you know and knowing it's half the battle <laughs> so i'll give you my rating i gave this a three out of five yeah 
because it's not like one of those films that's hitting like, oh, you've you've got to watch this, guys. Yeah, it's just yeah, like, yeah. this is a fun horror. It'll kill an hour of 30 for you. Yeah. Um, and considering like it's a bit un- undiscovered or, you know, not as well known, you yeah. to find it on streaming services. And I, I don't really hear much talk about it. Um, it's pretty un- overlooked. Yeah, I, to be honest, I literally think I picked it for the runtime. <laughs> I was like looking for <laughs> looking for something to watch, and I was like, ah, oh, eighty-four minutes, fucking easy, mate. Um, yeah, I gave it, I gave it quite a high score. I gave it four out of five. Maybe I'm being a bit just like you know, sometimes when you've got that excitement of finding something yeah. new. Like maybe if I watch it again, I might top it down to three point five. But fuck it, for now, I'm going to stick to it and say I watched it and was like, that got me. I like that. Nice. So yeah, four out of five for the children. I think is that my highest rating this week. <laughs> it is. Wait, oh, there's no way you're giving the children more than Freddy versus Jason the way. You no, I did. That. I like because I think oh. it was a better film. Like Freddy versus Jason was more fun, but I preferred the children. But like, yeah, I knew, like, you've just you said know. the children made you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, whereas Freddy, Freddy versus Jason was just yeah. fucking cool. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So after you've heard what me and Ryan have just said about the children, Matty and Lun. Would you, are you more, are you wanting to watch it more? No, not really. I'm joking. Oh, what? I was about to say. (laughs) Yeah, I will watch it and I'll get it done before we uh, do the wrap up episode. Um, Yeah, I'd like to. I might do like a little video reaction once I've watched it and then we can trick it onto the. Oh, uh, hell yeah. To the, um, like after I've watched it. I've just started having a quick glance at the uh, description on Letterboxd for it. And I love that one of the reviews for it. Is uh, opens it with this is exactly what uh, British children are like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it does put you off kids. <laughs> yeah, I don't want kids. Basically, if you go to Pontins, that's what you're gonna get. <laughs> As on a Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh right, <laughs> that concludes Horror Fest Part Four. Um, I will let you know the final four films now. So. On part five, we've got four films, and boy, are they good. The Mist, Lost Boys, Jaws, and Wishmaster. Those so are there's only one I've not four. seen there, but this, this is, this, this is oh, going to yes. be a big one, because those are some big titles we're yeah. going to end on. And then after that, I know it's only four films, but then we're going to do a recap on Horror Fest overall, how we feel about it. And what you can expect after this. Yes. Cool. Thank you for taking the time, boys. And listeners and watchers, thank you for taking the time to listen and watch. Yeah. Back next week or in a few days' time. If you agree with us, if you disagree with us, let us know. Chuck it in the comments. Say we're shit. Can I do one of these that I've never really done? Because like normally normally with my podcast, I do with you guys. I don't do video, but... I don't actually know where the buttons are. Like and subscribe. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Never done it. (laughs) There we go. Right. Thank you, boys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.